0: Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship, and today we're talking about when to leave. Why? Because it is not unusual this time of year for people to wonder about their marriage. And often they hold off because they're worried about what's gonna happen to their kids over the holidays. They feel ambivalent, they're not sure. And so we're going to give you some questions here to help you root out some more certainty. And so the starting point for this conversation about how do you how do you want to approach your marriage is how do you feel? Um, you know, I, I recently had an experience with an organization where everything seemed right on the outside. We were doing all the right things. Uh, we enjoyed each other's company, and yet every time I left, I felt like de-energized, like I had lost something in the process. So you want to ask yourself questions about that. Like, how is it when the two of you together, are you thinking that you'd be, that you'd be better off alone? Do you feel better when you're alone? Like, does it take time after you've spent time with them to recharge your battery? You know, if so, Probably there's a drain of some kind going on, or maybe you're under stress in a way that your psyche really doesn't enjoy. And, you know, when we're in those positions, going back to my experience, I kept telling myself, these are lovely people. Um, I believe in what's going on here. I believe in the cause and the spirit of this thing. And yes, there was something about being in the room, being with the group that was draining for me. And that's the first thing you want to look at is, are you being energized or are you being drained? Now, this isn't like when you're with your kids, you know, where they're running you down and running you down because they have high energy and you don't. Um, And let's face it, sometimes you're actually energized by your kids, depending on the circumstances. When you're not trying to get them ready for school and go through the motions, you know, when you're just hanging out with them, it can actually be energizing. This is more like you're with somebody who's supposed to be your partner and you love each other and you're supposed to be building each other up. And yet every time you're together, you feel like you're being torn down. So how does it feel when you walk away? Um, Are you hanging in there just for the kids? Like, are you putting on a front? Are you having a good time just so that, you know, the kids feel better about you and what's going on there? Or is it just not working? I mean, so first question, How do you feel? How do you feel when you're with them? How do you feel afterwards? How do you feel before? What is charging your battery? What is ringing your bill? Where are you feeling good? And if it's with another person, that may be telling, it may not. It really depends on what's going on there. So you're at this point and you've realized, like I did with this organization, that every time you leave, even though there's definitely good moments, even though there's shared values, even though there's a shared goal. Afterwards, you feel yucky, drained, not right. And you find yourself not looking forward to those meetings. So the next step is to consult with your network of support. We professionals like to call it. That would be like your friends. You know, you want to, first of all, notice which friends are you talking to your friends about it? Are you talking to any of your friends about it? And if you're talking to your friends, which friends? I mean, have you ever noticed? that we tend to pick people who tell us what we want to hear. So are you talking to all of your friends, or are you only talking to one group of friends, and why? It might be that you've decided to only talk to people who say, you have a commitment, you need to stay in there. It, it, it'll work out for the better. It, and it might be that you're doing that because you're worried for your kids, or maybe you really do feel the commitment is important. but. Those people don't always see what's going on in the background. Or it might be that you're only talking to naysayers, which is the other possibility. Maybe you're talking to people who are saying they are awful. I don't know how you married them. That's not the person that you married. You need to get out. And if everyone is telling you that, then the chances are you're only allowing yourself to hear one side. And it really doesn't matter whether it's one or the other. What you want is you want to talk to enough people so that you see both sides. So that you have the people who are telling you, this is just a phase you're going through or you'll work it out or, you know, love is a muscle, work at it, it'll get better. And on the other side, the people who are saying, this is irrevocable, you know, you're drained every time you go there. It's bad for the kids to see you both so unhappy. You want to hear both sides of it. Why? Because the only way that you're going to feel your way through it is to explore both possibilities. You need to be open to the possibility that it could work. And you need to be open to the possibility that it won't work before you make a decision. You may even want to talk to random strangers. You know, let me go back to my experience with this group. Uh, I was really, really questioning it. And I got on the phone with someone who was involved with a similar group. Um, actually, let me be candid. It was a church. I was, in, I was involved with the church. And I got with, involved with someone who was involved with another church. And I talked to him about it. Uh, like a total random stranger just somebody who I was having a business call with and it turned out we found out that we have a similar belief system and so I asked him for my help with it and he offered it and he gave me a different slant on it than my friends did so sometimes if you find a random stranger someone who's been in a similar position maybe you meet a random stranger who's been divorced or maybe you meet a random stranger who worked it through you know, get their point of view on it. Find out what their circumstances were. Start lining up your apples with their apples, and, and seeing how your situations compare. And be open to what they have to say to you. So, point one: check your feelings. Point two: check in with your friends. Point point two point one: uh, make sure that you gear from all your friends, the positives and the negatives. Two point two: random strangers. All right, so now we are at the third part of the experience. So you have checked in with your feelings, you've checked in with your friends, you've checked out both sides, you've talked to random strangers. Now it's time to talk to them, your partner, the person you have the problem with. What does that look like? That's really tricky, right? Because you want to make sure that you're not going in with with colored glasses on. These happen to be clear glasses. I should have brought some colored glasses to this, right? Like if you're already sure that it's not gonna work and you walk into it with an attitude of, this ain't gonna work, everything that you hear or see is gonna be, this ain't working. And that may be okay. But the idea is you wanna be as open as possible. Uh, And you don't necessarily have to have made a decision to have this conversation, but you do wanna go to them. So I went to, Someone, uh, the person who was in charge of the organization that I had a problem with, and I had a one to one conversation with him. And this is how it works. First, you lay out what's your experience, you lay out the the positives and the negatives as you've explored them with these other people. You, excuse me, you lay it out so that um, they can see that you've really looked at both sides and that you're not walking into it loaded for bear. And then, Don't even you don't even need to ask them any questions, allow them to respond, just allow them to respond and the words that they use the way that they respond is going to tell you a lot about where they are and what work you may need to do if you decide to stay and what work you may need to do if you decide to leave but guess what, there is going to be a lot of work no matter what. A lot of times when we decide that we're going to get divorced, forget about a lot of times. When I decided to get divorced, I made the decision and I was like, oh, at last. Whew, what a relief, I thought. But actually, it was a year, which is not very long, of work and pain and going through feelings and sifting through feelings. So sometimes we make a decision just to get it over with and hope that it's all going to be done And what happens is the divorce process becomes very contentious and angry because guess what? We're not getting it over with. And a part of us is like, I thought I had this over with. What do you mean I have to have feelings? What do you mean? I just want to get rid of them. They suck. And I want to get away from that. It's not the place you want to be when you decide to step out of a long-term committed relationship. The place that you want to be is I'm in this. I'm doing the work. And I know if I stay, it's going to be work. And I know if I go, it's going to be work. And I am ready. And you, you know, before you make the decision, it might be important to make sure that you are ready, you know, that you've done journaling and you've done writing. So anyway, don't go in with rose-colored glasses is what I'm telling you. Go in with clear glasses like I just picked up and listen to what they have to say. They will probably be a little defensive. They will probably say things like, well, it's your decision. They will give you indicators about what you're up against. And whether the problem as you identified it, hopefully you identified it with your friends, is reparable or not with this person. And if they don't give you a clear indicator, you may want to ask them some questions. How does this, how do you feel about this? How does this sit with you? What's going on for you? Like it may be that your partner is not someone who shares easily and you may need to pull it out of them. And so if you're going to pull it out of them, where you want to go with this is open ended questions. It's really easy to say, well, are you in or are you out? What's it going to be? Right. But they may not know either. They may be just like chances are they're just like you. They're ambivalent. They've been in pain. They want it to be better. They don't know how to make it better. you know, the chances are they're in a very similar place. And so you want to ask them open-ended questions like, well, what has been going on for you? And see what they have to say. And don't just accept the answer. You want to dig, when they give you an answer, let's say they say, well, you know, uh, I, I have noticed that you're really distant and it seems like you don't really want to be with me and my feelings are hurt. And then ask them, so how are your feelings hurt? Don't just accept that their feelings are hurt. What, you know, in what way are your feelings hurt? And let, they'll explain, oh, you know, it, it makes me really sad. I also get angry, you know, because I feel like I'm trying so hard and you never hear me, you know, and then you'll want to understand that. So what am I not hearing you about? Oh, you know, I've been telling you about how I'm working my ass off to support this family. And I feel like nobody's here for me. And You know, you're always making demands of me that I can't fulfill and don't let it stop there. Then it's tell me more about the demands that you feel like I can't fulfill. Oh, well, you know, you always want me to be intimate with you and spend time with you in a way that I'm just exhausted when I come from home from work. I can't seem to help you with the kids. Why are you so exhausted? You know, oh God, well, you know, I'm working so hard, but also I can't sleep at night. Like, and just get down to whatever it is so that you really understand what's at the root of it. Do not accept face value answers at least five times. Question the answer. Really dig. And I promise you that by their answers, you will start to understand what the choice should be, which is actually the experience I had with the leader of this organization where I had this conversation with him. I didn't have to ask a lot of questions. He actually just laid it all out for me. Uh, He gave me his whole world view and I realized the problems that I had with the organization had to do with him. Not that I didn't love him, I love this guy, love his family, not that I didn't like him, like him just fine, but that his world view uh, just wasn't in alignment with mine. And that if the leader of an organization has that world view, the organization will follow the leader. Now I realized, you know what, this really isn't a good place for me like it's good for him. I, and I was able to leave without acrimony or anger or anything like that. Hey, you know, I, I love and, and still loving the people in the organization still appreciating them just getting that they are on a different journey than I am. And that's okay right? And that's kind of how you want to approach this with your partner, if it's possible. It's not that you're bad or you made a mistake or they're bad or they made a mistake and you both might be bad. You both might've made mistakes, but you don't want to live in that. What you want to live in is where am I going? Where are you going? And are we going there together or are we going there apart? And why are we going there apart? And how are we, if you have kids, how will we do that so that our kids feel loved and supported? So at the end of that conversation, you're going to have a better idea because you have have gotten to the dirt with them. You don't end it there though. You can, but ending a marriage is not like dropping out of organization. Um, And even dropping out of the organization, the next step is you wanna verify your experience with your network of support with other people, maybe even different people than you started out talking to. You want to lay out, hey, this is the conversation we had. This is what they said. This is what it sounded like to me. You might want to go to a professional. You might want to go to a coach, a therapist. You might want to go to a group um, and talk about, this is, here's my evidence. Here's the experience I've had. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, and get as many perspectives as on this impossible possible, as possible. Because when you are dissolving a marriage, you are making an irreparable decision. And you want to make sure that you feel as close to hundred percent good about it as possible. So step one, I'm going to go over it again. How are you feeling? Are you charged? Are you run down? What's happening when you're having these exchanges? Are you in it for the, for the kids? Are you in it for them? What's going on? Step two, conversations with friends. Make sure you get a wide variety of perspectives. If you're only hearing one thing, then the chances are that you're not, you have not opened yourself up to the possibility that the other thing it might be okay or real. Um, strangers, talk to strangers, get as maybe talk to a spiritual leader. Or, or, you know, even at that stage, you might wanna bring in a coach or someone to talk to, but somebody who has experience and background in this. Step three, go to your partner, go to them. And when you go to them, lay it out for them and do it in a way that is as minimally blaming as possible. It's not gonna be so much you, 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 you as the experience I'm having is and what I'm looking for in my life is, and this doesn't seem to be resonating with what I'm wanting. That's how you want to lay it out with them. And you want to uh, allow them to share. And if they don't share, you're going to ask them open-ended questions. And you're going to ask them at least five times about each thing so you can get down to the real dirt for them. Uh, And then you're going to see how it sits. You're going to thank them for sharing, see how it sits. And you're going to go out and verify it with your network of support, your friends, your mentor, coach, therapist, spiritual leader, whoever you have going on there. Now, when you're ready to make the decision, it's not unusual for people to say, I'm gonna wait till New Year's. In fact, January is the biggest divorce month in the United States year after year after year. And the reason is people tough it out through the holidays because they don't want to make their family suffer. And the truth is that everybody already knows. And the truth is that you're gonna go through another set of holidays during the divorce, guaranteed. Unless you and your partner are very much on the same page that, about how you wanna end it, it's gonna take some time. And so think carefully about why you would want to wait until January or maybe you really wanna end the pain now and how could you do it in a way that minimizes the impact on your children that minimizes the impact on your family if it's something you're going to do now and so what i'm telling you is there is no better time than now and if you're really ready if you really know that this isn't working this is the best time and probably you should sit down and strategize how you're going to do it before you do it you know set some goals for What's the, how do you want to minimize the impact on your children? How do you want to stay in communication with your partner, soon to be ex-partner? Um, what's the relationship you want to have with them at the end of the divorce? What are the ways that you're willing to communicate? How might you celebrate the holidays uh, as a family and allow yourselves to have the pain? Or maybe you need to separate them separately. Uh, separate them separately. Celebrate them separately. Uh, strategize think it through you know it's what where we're not going is i'm going to get it over with i'm just going to pull the trigger and then it'll be done because it's never just done you know if we think about the risks and we plan for the risks and we think through the long-term plan that a divorce usually takes a year sometimes it takes six months it's it's pretty rare but a a divorce usually takes a, a year if we think it through and plan it out and think how am I going to communicate? If uh, probably before you even pull the trigger, actually, probably before you even make the decision, the next step would be to talk to an attorney and get their take on it. Should you wait till January and why? Uh, you know, what are the risks in terms of assets? You know, talk, I, I, I sometimes forget about them, but you're not going to get divorced without one, most likely. So, probably the final step and part of strategizing is going to be to get with divorce professionals and lean into their experience uh, and follow their advice. Uh, So I know this is much of a happy holidays message, but I remember toughing it out through the holidays, waiting for uh, that, that late winter opportunity to get out. And I remember how I didn't get out and we went through, I remember going through Thanksgiving the next year by myself. Right. So I waited all the way till I think it was like February before I filed for divorce. Um, because by the time January got there, I thought maybe, it's, you know, the holidays seemed to be OK. Maybe it's all right. But it, it wasn't. By February, I was I was like, oh, my God, why did I wait? And then we went through the whole holidays getting divorced anyway. Uh, and I spent Thanksgiving on my own. Um, my kids went to my in-laws with my ex, now ex and uh, i think christmas we cut up uh one of us had christmas eve the other one had christmas day you know and so and you could you know the thing is you don't have to wait you can do that now right like it doesn't you don't have to keep suffering you don't have to keep suffering pain is part of life suffering is optional all right thank you so much um, please reach out to me if you have any questions, uh, direct message me. You can schedule a complimentary call with me through bit.ly forward slash capital R and then lowercase ICH one two one. That's rich one to one. And it's a one-to-one because it's just the two of us talking. It's not a it's 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 an opportunity for you to figure out what your next steps are, get some clarity on your life. And I give out these calls because I've been there and I remember not having those calls and wishing that I had have a fabulous tomorrow.